And they went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying of signs. Amen. Good morning, Christian America. This is the last verse of the Gospel of Mark. We're going to cover this today, and we're going to discuss not only it, but we're going to discuss how the Gospel of Mark came to be, why it is gospel, why it is the revelation of God, and some of the conversation and the proof that goes into it from the very beginning. You don't want to miss this. So get your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Mark. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort, where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. It's so important these days when the church is under attack from multiple areas, not only from the atheistic community, but through uh, positions and organizations within government that are trying to tear down the church, that are trying to uh, destroy what we know to be true and what we have known to be true for over 2,000 years since the coming of Christ, since the coming of God made flesh. If you're involved or if you want to be involved and you support the mission of trying to revitalize our faith through inspiration, education, and information, we don't ask for donations. We just ask for you to subscribe to this podcast. Share this on your social media platform. Should you choose to spread the message of God and live out the gospel as Jesus calls us to? And today we're going to get in uh, to the word like we do every Monday. We're going to get into the gospel of Mark. If you followed us per, for probably a year now, we've been going methodically through the gospel of Mark. Today, we're going to finish up the gospel. If you followed us last week, we talked about how the empty tomb that Mary and the, the other Mary show up to can't find Jesus. They go back and tell the disciples, the disciples don't believe the women. Then scripture says, and we're going to get into this. I'm going to reread it to you today that Jesus appears to two disciples on the road. And when those disciples recognize Jesus for who he is, they go back and tell the other disciples and the disciples again, do not believe them. Who would believe it? I mean, it's, it's a far-fetched thing. We hear that today that, oh, how could you believe in a God? How could you believe in this gospel? How could you believe in something that seems so improbable and impossible? Friends, we're not alone. If, if you go through those times, you're not alone because the gospel of Mark accurately portrays the disciples' reactions when they hear this. We're, we, we can easily fall into the temptation to assume that because Peter and John and Thomas and everybody else that was with Jesus would immediately recognize and believe that his return was imminent because even though he said it, of course they knew. Well, that's, that's not accurate. And if you've fallen into that, you're not the only one. A lot of people, and including the non-believers, just assume that we automatically take it, uh, take their faith, their immediate faith at face value. But scripture doesn't say that. And I'm going to reread it to you today so we understand. 
And so in their doubt, Jesus chastises them. We'll cover that too as we finish out this chapter. And then we'll get into who Mark was. And there's a good article I'm going to point you to to kind of lay out if you want to study for yourself or read a little bit more in depth as to where Mark came from, where this gospel came from, and what was said in the early, early, early church, in the first and second centuries, the people who knew, not only the people who knew Jesus, but the people who knew Peter, the people who knew Paul, the people knew, who knew John, and disciples of them, because they walked with Jesus. And Jesus commissions them to go in into the world, and they're going to do all these great things that we've read about in, and, and, and we can read about in the book of Acts. But those people who were disciples of them, what did they say about these stories? What did they say specifically about the gospel of Mark or John Mark, as he's also known? So we'll get into a bit of that. So, but first, I want you to turn your, I want you to turn your Bibles um, to the gospel of Mark chapter 16. We're going to start on verse nine and, and bear with us for whoever watched last Monday's podcast. We're going to reread some of this, but then we're going to finish up because it all runs together. And I want to reiterate some of these things to you, the truthfulness of the gospel to you. Now that now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared to first to Mary Magdalene, who was uh, out of whom he cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, and they and as they mourned and wept, and when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And another gospel. This is detailed a little bit more on, on the road to Aramaeus. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying of signs. Amen. Congratulations, because we you you followed us all the way through the Gospel of Mark. Now, Mark is the the earliest gospel, or, or at least perceived as the earliest written gospel. It's also the shortest gospel, and 
you'll understand when you, if you dig in a little bit deeper as to why that is. And we're going to talk briefly about that. But understand just the, the sheer common sense nature of these passages. When people try to make the Gospels, they try to make the Bible seem as, it's not, as if it's not real. It is real. They are eyewitnesses. They are eyewitness accounts of what has taken place that were written down. Matthew and John with Jesus themselves, Luke, the, uh, the physician, a disciple of Paul who encounters Christ, he says at least three times and having been converted. And then Mark in this gospel we just read, who is a disciple of Peter, who's a translator of Peter's. He's also the same John Mark who we run into in the, in, the, in the book of Acts, who's a cousin of Barnabas. These are all people that are floating around in the same small section of the world. Some of them know each other. Some of them are related to each other. And when these deeds take place, people see the deeds that Jesus did. They understand the lessons that he taught. Or even if they don't understand, they at least remember. And then the disciples, as he commissions them to go and preach the gospel to all creatures, that's exactly what they do as disciples. It's what we should be doing as followers of Christ as well. We should be going out to the world and preaching the gospel to all creatures. To, but before you go preach it to the world, you can start by preaching it to your family, by preaching it to your friends and your neighbors and those closest to you. And once you do that, then expand that circle and eventually if we all did what jesus commissions his followers to do which is preach the gospel live the gospel with our lives and our words and our deeds and miraculous things can happen and jesus says here are some of these things that are going to happen right you're going to handle serpents and if you drink anything deadly no harm will come to you you're going to be able to lay hands on people and heal them of their uh, afflictions and that's exactly what the disciples do in the book of acts when we follow it and so when we get into the conversation about the validity of the gospels who was john mark who is the man who wrote this i'm going to show you an article you can go find it on your own and do your own research and and, and read it yourself it's called let me show it to you here um, the website is called Cold Case Christianity. Um, biblical reliability is uh, is one of the subtitles here, and the, the the title of this article is Mark's relationship with Peter was the foundation for his gospel, and it's a guy written by a guy named J. Warner Wall, uh, Wallace in, in in 2018. And I just want to read you a portion of the beginning of this article so that you, you can kind of understand where the author is coming from and and where I'm coming from. He says, the author of the New Testament gospel has become a point of contention for many skeptics who deny the traditional attributions of Mark, Matthew, and, and John. Mark's gospel is of particular importance due to the early dating and the relationship to the other gospels in spite of the fact that Mark isn't mentioned as an eyewitness in any of the gospel accounts. There are many good reasons to, to accept his authorship and regard his gospel as an accurate record of the life, ministry, death, 
and resurrection of Jesus. He repeated the unanimous testimony of the early church, describes Mark's gospel as an accurate record of Peter's teaching, captured faithfully by Mark, acting as Peter's scribe. Papias, Arrhenius, uh, Justin Martyr, Clement of Alexandria, Usbisis, and Tertullian uh, attribute the gospel of the gospel to Mark, and Mark is also described as the author of another fragment uh, of, of various prologues. There, right? I'm not going to try to pronounce those words. Uh, before we begin to look at some of the internal evidences for Peter's connection to John Mark, we also recognize that Peter and Mark's relationship is that is uh, as it is described in the New Testament. Mark is traditionally considered to be the John Mark mentioned as a companion of Paul in the book of Acts. And if this is true, then Mark was a cousin of Barnabas. And th that's referenced in the letter to the Colossians. And, and obviously, if you follow the, the book of Acts, you'll see that John Mark and Paul had their own falling out, uh, per se. And there are some there's some biblical references in here, uh, but really I want to go to uh, Papias. And so Papias, Arrhenius, Justin Martyr, Clement of Alexandria, these are all early teachers of the church. And one of the quotes that I want to uh, just relay to you here is that what Papias said about Mark's gospel. And he was quoted, again, this, these are, this is in the second century, so 100 and 50, 130, 120, somewhere around this time frame. So a generation or two after Jesus's earthly ministry, these people, these followers of these early disciples are relaying their teachings from these early disciples. And Papias here says that Mark became Peter's interpreter and wrote accurately all that he remembered not indeed in order of the things said or done by the Lord, but that his, his main testimony was that it was accurately described. That was, Mark's, that was Mark's biggest priority, not necessarily getting things in chronological order, but making sure that he documented it accurately. The deeds as it was relayed to him from the rock, the rock of the church, Peter. And so when we look at this gospel and we listen to the words and, and we understand what was said or we hear what is said, don't be fooled by the naysayers, the unbelievers, and the skeptics who want to make you doubt your faith. These are eyewitness accounts of what took place in that very first century, in the early part of it, walking with Jesus of Nazareth, where people knew him. People knew his father. They recognized him throughout the gospel. He's the carpenter's son. Even when they doubted him and who he was in his own town, who is this man? Is this not the son of the carpenter? They say they recognize Jesus. They recognize his father. They recognize his mother. They recognize where he's from. And the people who doubt, Scripture says they doubt. He had doubters. He had doubters in the religious community. He called them hypocrites, and they wanted to see him executed. Even when he fulfilled his passion 
and and was resurrected as we saw today his own disciples did not believe in the other gospels in the gospel of john for instance when he shows up in the upper room thomas isn't there and when thomas shows up thomas doubts him as well jesus has to show himself to thomas and tom and jesus tells thomas now that you have seen me you know um you believe but blessed are those who have not seen but yet believe that is where we should get our faith from from these lessons these people that we read about the disciples the other folks around that may uh, remain nameless or or not mentioned by name they're fallen people like us they just happen to experience the coming of god made flesh they just happen to experience the word made flesh in their time and they have to deal with all that comes with that so we shouldn't judge them and we shouldn't doubt them these are accurate accounts based on eyewitnesses that were written down at the time by the people who were there or stories that were told to people to write them down by people that were there as this article talks about as history shows us G peter walks with jesus and peter translates and uh to john the lessons of christ and john writes them down or mark john mark writes them down and that's how we get this gospel hopefully this gospel will open your heart and open your mind to the realities of christ to follow us as we jump into the gospel of john because john is a eyewitness to jesus himself and he writes not only his gospel but he writes three different letters and he writes obviously the book of revelation and so we're going to want to get in to the book of uh to, to the gospel of john next and we hope that you come along for the journey and until then until friday you guys stay on fire for christ and good morning christian america <laughs>